you. The actual current version of you sitting here this morning. Not the you, you know you probably ought to be or believe deep down that one day you could be, but God has chosen you, the real current version of you. We're going to begin uh, a series uh, this Sunday, right now, this morning, uh, as we walk over the next uh, five or six weeks through the book of Ephesians. The lectionary uh, has Ephesians uh, queued up as our as our second reading each week. So we wanted to take this opportunity uh, to just dig more deeply in this uh, treasure trove of a little book in the New Testament. It's only six chapters long, so I'll encourage you uh, at some point this week, maybe even later this afternoon, just uh, dust off your Bible and find Ephesians uh, in the New Testament and just read it straight through. These six chapters are so rich, and we will spend uh, these next uh, summer weeks together digging more deeply and unpacking all that is there. Uh, so I really look forward to this, and I'm glad I get to kick it off uh, this morning. And the way I want to do it as is uh, 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 my custom on occasion is to sort of walk us through verse by verse. We've just got uh, 12 verses in front of us this morning. Uh, Jan read them for us, and so we'll, we'll, we'll go back over that territory and see what might be there for us, what uh, we recognize as a way to set the table for spending, uh, again, uh, the next bunch of weeks digging through uh, the book of Ephesians. So verse 3, the first uh, couple of verses is Paul's uh, uh, greeting. Uh, and then we get to verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. That's an, that's an interesting term that jumps out at me when I read that verse. Heavenly realms. You know, what what are heavenly realms? Uh, and this is a this is a term that that actually comes up frequently in this short book of Ephesians, but almost nowhere else. So we want to we want to play with that a bit. And I don't think you have to be a biblical scholar uh, to to start to ask the question and arrive at some sense of what the heavenly realms may be, something beyond the reach of our pilgrimage here on earth, something beyond the reach of death and dying and depression and addiction. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Verse 4, 4, He chose us in Him, that is in Christ, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And I say, wait, you know, I decided to be a Christian. I mean, I decided uh, to join this church or to accept Jesus into my heart or however you, you want to speak about it. What does it mean to be chosen even before creation? And chosen for what? To be holy and blameless? Well, 
I have to say that, at least in my case, I'm not sure that's working out so well. I mean, I, I do not feel holy uh, or blameless, for that matter. I'm not sharing any details with you right now, but I'm just going to tell you, it's not how I feel. Uh, chosen even before creation. You know, at least Paul doesn't use the word predestination because that one ruffles feathers. You know, people, people struggle with that whole theological construct of predestination. They say, when, for instance, when someone asks, you know, how do, why does God allow there to be evil in the world? Why are there such bad people out there? And what do we say? We say, free choice. God gives us free will. And if God didn't give us free will, then we'd be a bunch of puppets or robots. So because God gives us free will, free choice, sometimes we make terrible choices. That's why God allows evil in the world. So at least Paul doesn't bring up the word predestination, which does trouble people. Let's go to verse 5. In love, he... Uh Uh-oh. In love, he predestined us. For adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Oh, brother. There there it is. Predestined. I have been predestinated. I mean, what about my free will? Why would God do this? Well, the answer to that question is embedded in the verse. In accordance with his pleasure and will. This is about God's will not mine so much where have we heard this before thy will your will be done on earth as it is in the heavenly places Hmm? or in matthew's gospel when jesus is facing the anguish of his own crucifixion right out in front of us and he well here's what we read going a little further he fell with his face to the ground that's jesus and prayed my father if it is possible may this cup be taken from me yet not as i will but as you will verse six to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves glorious grace freely given in christ Okay, I didn't choose it, at least to the extent that I like to sometimes convince myself uh, that by my own free will I am somehow a child of God, by my own decision-making, my own wisdom. And I certainly didn't earn it. Uh, It turns out that this glorious grace has been freely given to me in Christ, and that is just the best thing ever. It's the best possible news, and we've been told and taught in this already these first few verses that this gift extends beyond my earthly existence to the heavenly realms, beyond the reach of death and dying and sin and depression and addiction, huh? Verse 7 and 8, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. How good is this news? In Christ, God has lavished 
redemption on us. God has just poured it over us like that ice bucket challenge. Just dumped it on us. Lavished redemption upon us. With all wisdom and understanding. In, in other words, yes, God knew what he was doing when God did this for you. God knew whom he was dealing with. How could anyone keep from sharing this good news? And why would anyone not want to hear this? I want to ask this morning, how is it even possible that the church in our country is in such rapid decline when this is the treasure entrusted to us? Our whole job is to give it away, to share it. Maybe you saw last week the article in the Star Tribune that uh, featured the closing of LaSalle Lutheran Church in LaSalle, Minnesota after 100 years of ministry. Uh, this church is uh, indicative of, of uh, what's happening across the country. So they used the, uh, LaSalle Lutheran as a kind of uh, example of uh, the the, the decline of, of churches in the United States. So there's a little video that was part of the article. Let's take a look at that. Community. 
many folks here at this congregation, this is where they come for support. Well, we do that not. So, a very uh, sad reality for those folks and for, for people in, in churches around the country, um, one of the most startling statistics in that article is one expert's uh, prediction uh, following the statistically established trends that in the next 20 years, there will be half as many churches open in the United States as there are today. Just let that sink in for a moment. Not the next 200 years, the next 20 years. We stay on the same trajectory we are now, statistically. So as Katie said, you passed a number of churches, most of you on your way here. As you drive around this week, notice every time you pass a church. Uh, After you pass the first one, Say to yourself, when you pass the next one, that one may well be gone in 20 years. And after you pass the third one, say to yourself, when you pass the fourth one, that one may well be gone. Verse 9. God made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. Remember, not my will, but your will be done. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We we don't have to rely on our own will, and we don't have to guess about God's will for us. God let us in on God's intentions for us. God made known to us the mystery of his will. Verse 10. To be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. To bring unity. Doesn't that sound like a rich promise these days? Unity to all things. Imagine conservatives and liberals. White nationalists and black panthers. Jews and Palestinians. The living and the dead. Unity. All things. Verse 11. In Christ, we were also chosen, having been predestined, according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity 
with the purpose of his will. So in case we missed it before, there it is again. And you don't have to get all lost in the concept and theology and dogma of predestination uh, unless you want to. I mean, I've, I've spent half of my adult life wrestling with these theological constructs. Uh, I think it's enough to let it sink in that you have been chosen. If you've noticed, this has been the underlying theme of the songs we've sung together so far this morning. You, the actual current version of you, sitting here this morning. Not the you, you know you probably ought to be or believe deep down that one day you could be, but God has chosen you, the real current version of you. The body of Christ given for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. Verse 12. In order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. So why did God choose you? Why? In order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. We are witnesses to the world of the glory of God. People ought to look at us and, and, and ask themselves, what is up with them, really? Why so generous? Why do they bother giving time and energy to the church? I mean, that's church... The time has passed for the, for the local church. It's on its way out. It's going extinct. People ought to look at us and, and, and ask, what is it with them? Why so full of joy? <laughs> How can their choir continue to stand up and sing when they've lost so many beloved members? How do they keep coming to worship after they had a funeral the same week? What is up with those people? Why have we been chosen? In order that we who were first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. Verse 13. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. You might, this might echo in your mind because it's so lovely that we've written in it into our liturgies. The gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. When you were baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, this promise was also spoken. Uh, Chad, child of God, you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. It comes straight out of this passage of Ephesians. Let's, let's say it together. Insert your own name in the blank and we'll say it out loud on the count of three. One, two, three. Chad, child of God, you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. What's up with those people? That. Verse 14, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. This is almost, as, as we wrap up, this is almost legal language. 
Listen to these terms. Deposit, guarantee, inheritance, possession. Possession is nine-tenths of the law, right? This is like as if we have gathered in front of a judge as the will is read, guaranteeing our inheritance. As the will, as the, as the New Testament, the will and testament of Jesus is read. The, the, this is the New Testament in my blood. This is another way to say it. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And after supper, our Lord took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink. He said, this cup is the new covenant, the new testament, my will and testament. This cup is the, the new covenant in my blood. It is shed for whom? For you. For the forgiveness of sin. Do this, the Lord said. For the remembrance of me. And so we shall. Because of your cross, my dead is paid. Because of your blood, my sins are Because of your love, because of your